Blue Wire. Welcome to episode number 46. This is 46. I keep screwing up the episodes. So I said last week was episode 44. It was really 45. So oh keep me honest. We're, we're 46. 46. We're 46, 46 years old already. Episode oh my God. Um, I'm your host, Bree at Breezy Clee. And I am joined by Brittany Mollis is here at Bird's Eye View. Fantasy champion. We'll get into that. <laughs> and Miss Meredith at NK on Sports. Meredith, hello. Hi. Guys. We come to you on this glorious October evening. Keeps getting better. Every Monday, the Browns are four and one. First time since 1994. We defeated the Indianapolis Colts, 32 to 23. Uh, We've been playing this game every week because it seems like we are always uh, going back in time, each Browns victory. So this week, we have to talk about 1994. Where were you? Brittany, I cannot wait. You're laughing. 94. Okay. So first of all, I was four, five, six. Yeah. <laughs> six. I actually had to type it in my calculator. Like how many years right? ago was that? <laughs> I, I, I believe I was six years old. And during this time from like 94 to 96, I was very weirdly into politics. Oh, oh, and I was, I was... Bob Dole's number one fan. I I used to write him letters all the time. And I remember them specifically. My parents still make fun of me for it. I would start them off with, Dear Mr. Dole. That was that's Mr. what I did. That's what I did when I was between that's six adorable. and eight years old. That's that was my life. Politics. And I, I was it. a big, 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 big Indians fan then too. So yeah, that was me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Some good years. Mm-hmm. Meredith, how how do you do you want to say how old you were? I was, I think I was seven in '94. Um, I wasn't a, even a football fan yet. I didn't start watching and getting interested in football until I was in high school. Like when I was a kid, it was all baseball, all hockey. Those were the only sports I watched. Um, and also, I I had this in our group text in uh, 1994. I thought that Goosebumps were the scariest books ever. The best. The best. <laughs> But I still read every single one of them. Um, I was on the phone with my parents recently and they're trying to clean out some of their junk in the basement. My dad was like, I found like three boxes of books and two of those boxes are goosebump books. Oh my God. <laughs> so when I say I read them all, I legit read them all. That is so cute. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I was eight. I actually found a picture. I'm I'm pretty sure this was 19 this was 1994, Brie. This is when I just oh like my god. I was also in love with the Indians, Brittany. Yes. Um, you know, just beginning by love. But I don't like I don't remember a lot of things. I told you guys this. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was my two pregnancies but like i couldn't even remember who was the the Cavs coach when we were texting back in in 2020 listen this has been a year it's hard to keep every like days just run into each other nobody can keep track time doesn't exist anymore it's a simulation nothing's real i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole now but like if anyone ever wants to talk about how we're living a simulation let me know we'll talk about it all right Okay, That'll so be our bonus episode because I definitely want to talk about this. 
I absolutely, <laughs> Brittany, I don't understand why you're not on TikTok because yes. so I discovered this guy's account on TikTok and every single video he does talks about how we're living in a simulation. Every single one. It's true. The guy, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you, 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 you gotta get TikTok just to follow this guy. Time out. You know what's happening at my house right now? Oh boy. We have cameras set up. Okay. So before my parents went out of town, before my dad went out of town, he made sure he told me to set up the camera so that he could watch the cats and talk to them through the camera. So now in the other room, I'm here all by myself, but he's talking to the cats on the camera right now. I think I can hear him. Yes. If you hear him, that's what's happening. He's on the camera talking to the cats. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, Jerry's on the podcast. God. He's he's so like he, he's starved for attention. Okay. He wants to be the star so bad. He just needs yeah, his, he his, his recurring segment. Mr. Jerry. <laughs> um, so I have to ask you guys before we get into recapping the game. The game was at 425, obviously, yesterday. Did you guys like that time slot? Like it was obviously very different from our one o'clock normal time slot. Mm-hmm. Did you guys enjoy that? Well, Meredith, did you have to, you were working it, correct? Yeah. So does it make a difference for you when you're working it, like levels of enjoyment or like how does that work? Um, I mean, I don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. when the games are at yeah. 4 30. Because usually for one o'clock games, I'm usually at work around seven. Um, so yesterday I didn't have to get into work until like 10, 10 30-ish. So it's weird in that regard, but I actually kind of like the one o'clock games a little bit better because I can get home by dinner time. Like I'm home before seven, whereas like last night I didn't get home until close to midnight. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the Thursday night game, like it was fun, but it was also miserable because I didn't get home until almost three o'clock in the morning after that. So for me, it's all like, it all just has to do with, with when I can get home. So I, and also it's weird. I think I like the one o'clock games cause that's what I'm used to. Like last year when we had Sunday night games and four 30 games and Monday night games and Thursday night games, like my schedule was so all over the place. I couldn't keep my day straight. Mm-hmm. I yeah the reason why I like four o'clock games is because I've usually got my dinner like simmering in the crock pot I eat my dinner and then I directly go into snacking so it's Ooh. like a, <laughs> and like one o'clock is fine but I want to like eat while I'm watching the game mm-hmm. and at one o'clock I just can't like get myself there because if I eat that heavy at one o'clock I'm just like a blob the rest of the day and then the kids <laughs> go right to bed after the game so there's like highs and lows <laughs> I kind of well I'm sort of torn on it. Like, it's nice every once in a while, I guess. Like, yesterday, I didn't mind. But, like, waiting. You know what I mean? It just feels yeah. like it's such a long day when you have to wait mm-hmm. until 4 o'clock to watch these games. I didn't mind yesterday because we got to take a nap. That was nice. You know, you take a nap. But, like, you know, you time it so that it's, a yes. like, halftime of whatever game you're watching at 1 o'clock. And then it just goes into, like, third. And you're ready. You're refreshed rejuvenated ready to go for the browns so yesterday was nice i liked it yeah. although i will say with the 4 30 games i do get to watch earlier games like even though we're on the air like at, at the time the one o'clock games are going on we have multiple tvs in studio so i'm still able to like watch the games or keep an eye on the games as they're happening mm-hmm. so I, I like that aspect of it all right let's talk about it the game let's do it the 32 23 victory uh, over the colts the number one ranked defense number four ranked rushing defense going up against the number one rushing team 
Um, so a lot of a lot of people, fans, national media alike, wanted to dismiss the dominating win over Dallas last week because Dallas. Uh, so the Browns silenced the doubters again and took care of business against, like I said, the number one rated defense mm-hmm. that was the Colts. Um, so I, I found this tweet from Jake Trotter today, and uh, Indy came into the weekend leading the NFL in fewest yards allowed per game with 236 yards. The Browns had that many yards in the first half alone. So tough scene scene for all the haters and the doubters. And (laughs) we're going to get into this a little bit later, too, with just discredit, trying to continuously move the goalposts, discrediting the Browns, regardless of their wins that they've been stacking up, by the way, stacking wins. Uh, The first thing I want to get into, you guys, welcome back, Hollywood. Hollywood, Higgins. I mean, I thought he was missing. We all thought he was missing. We didn't know where he's been. Um, he came in, had the huge touchdown reception, mm-hmm. that amazing block at the end of the game on the Dearness Johnson run. Yes. Okay. Also, how great, how great is his touchdown celebration, by the way? Oh, the I carpet. love it so much. Classic. I yeah, love it it's so much. It's the best. The red carpet. It's the best. There's nothing And then, better. like, every, I know, and everyone was getting involved in, like, what I think OBJ was, like, taking pictures for him or, like, the, yes. doing the camera motion. I love Rossi. it. Do you guys follow his girlfriend? Does anyone follow his girlfriend on Twitter? Who? No. Which one? Um, Hollywood's girlfriend. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, she has been very vocal lately. Like, you know, really? she she stands firm. She loves her man and she wants him to play and she is not quiet about it either. So I like that. I like that about her. She's feisty. I like it. How do we follow her? What's her name? Um, I'll have to send it to you guys. I forget her name. Put it it's, in the chat whenever yes, you get them. Yes, I will. You guys can follow her. She retweets Cammy a lot too, which is cute. Oh, love that. Yes. Um, but no, one thing that I wrote down that I would like to talk about, again, we we talked about this last week. We are a fan base who loves when our uh, receivers block people. Like, we just get <laughs> so excited. Like, we win the Super Bowl every week. Every time one of our receivers blocks someone, we're like, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind. And, like, that's just, that's, it's just funny to me that we are like that. I love that about us, but it's hilarious. Also, we all seem to collectively have this love for Hollywood Higgins. All, yeah. I don't know any Browns fan who doesn't like him or doesn't want him to do well. Because, you know, with OBJ, you have that sides always like trade him. And there's a little faction of Browns Twitter that is sort of like that with Jarvis. Not as much as like probably a, a year or two ago. But they're still out there where they think he's overpaid and, you know, whatever. But like Hollywood, no. Everyone loves Hollywood. And I just, I wonder why. Why do we like this? Why do we have this one person that we sent and we're like, we want him to, you know, you can't be wide receiver one and wide receiver two, obviously. But like, you know, three, put him in there, sign him. We got so excited when they signed him to the extension. And it's just cute. Who are, why are we like this? Well, well, first off, he's extremely Sure. Just like as a person. But I think one of the reasons why Browns fans stand him so much is because he had very early chemistry with Baker. And at a time where there was just not a lot of cohesiveness Mm -hmm. on offense, there was no identity. You could always rely on Hollywood Higgins. Like there was a point, and I think this was Baker's, uh, I was about to say freshman year, (laughs) but his rookie year where it felt like the only completions he was making 
were to Hollywood. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where a lot of that love comes from is that like, oh my God, Hollywood Higgins is his man. That's the guy. That's like, that's Baker's dude. And then, you know, he's in the doghouse for no one knows why last year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he finally, you know, got back in the game uh, on Sunday. And the first thing he does is get a catching touchdown. So, I mean, it's just, I think there's a lot of like positivity towards Hollywood because at a very dark time, Mm In Brown's recent history, he was like a little, little candle of hope. But you would think that that would that like fondness would also translate to Baker, right? right. Like, and it doesn't. Not the same way. Like, obviously, you have people that love Baker Mayfield, and they always will. But you know, they're a lot harsher on him. And even though, like, he took a he took a hit in his development last year, a big hit. Mm-hmm. And you know, you would think that people would be more patient. I'm saying this, as I'm saying it, I'm like, all right, Brittany, this is stupid. Obviously people aren't going to be patient. (laughs) They're not going to be understanding. They're not going to, I'm living in a fantasy world where this stuff actually happens and it just doesn't. But um, no, like I, I think that's a really good point, Meredith. And you're probably right. He was like, he was Baker's guy. I, that first game that Baker played in New York and it was, oh, that picture of of Baker and Holly. Oh my gosh! Even to this yeah, day, yeah, that picture. Yeah, I think honestly, I have a couple of theories um, about what you what you talked about, and starting with the Higgins Baker chemistry, Meredith. I think you're spot on when it comes to their chemistry. But also, if you dial back to that 2018 team, Jarvis was really our like number one receiver, and really as a slot receiver. So we didn't really have that dynamic like deep threat receiver. And it felt like Hollywood was kind of the bridge between like what a star would be. I mean, Baker was going to Rashard Perryman, you know, like <laughs> we we were relying on on guys that weren't wouldn't even have made the practice squad on other teams, um, mm-hmm. which is funny because I think we all wanted Hollywood to be that number one guy. And then we go out and trade for OBJ and people find reasons to be mad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I'm happy to see Hollywood flourish. But I think the other point of all of this is the fact that we have guys that are able to step in and make these impact plays. And so long ago, not actually not so long ago, we would have guys that would just give up. Like if Holly, like Hollywood hasn't been playing, he's been inactive for whatever reason. Obviously last year was, we have no idea what happened. He has like, he could be pouting on the sideline, not wanting to play, like not giving it his all. And time and time again, we have guys stepping up and making these plays, which I think says a lot about how they feel about mm-hmm. the system and the team surrounding them. Ooh, how about that? Also, it kind of makes you wonder yeah. why even, you know, last year, understandably, we had a clown, two clowns in charge of everything. So maybe it makes <laughs> a little less sense. But now when you think about it, and it took Hodge being, you know, hurt. I think he's hurt, right? That's why he wasn't playing. Yeah. So Kim being out for Hollywood to get some time. So you just wonder, like, what it, what's the deal with with Higgins and coaches? Like, because it, it makes sense to us as fans. We see him out there, and he always does well when he's on the field. Yeah. I don't know. There, it just seems to be some sort of a disconnect between him and, and whatever coach is there. Yeah, hopefully now, though, this is proven, if there were any questions about him, hopefully this is proven that he deserves to to be that third that third receiver, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll be seeing more of him. Obviously, yeah. I think we're going to have to. Oh, we will put, if, if the Browns fans could will something into the universe to happen, it would be to get Hollywood more, t- more, <laughs> more passes. That's it. Yeah. That's what we all collectively want. Fan favorite. Well, well, here's the thing. Browns fans willed OBJ 
to Cleveland. Yeah. And then they willed the run game in the first quarter of this season. I don't know. Maybe Hollywood's next on the uh, collective will of hashtag Brown's Twitter. Yes. Never underestimate the power of Brown's Twitter. <laughs> together on things. Um, okay, so shifting into the, to the run game a little bit, uh, it wasn't as dominant as it has been the last few games for a lot of different reasons, uh, but they still did manage to find a way to get it done. They put up numbers against a very good run defense. So we know we didn't have Nick Chubb, obviously, on IR. Uh, Wyatt Teller went out early, and we know he has really been a beast yeah. at that guard position. So mm -hmm. I do think that had a pretty big impact as to why we saw the run game maybe being a, more of a struggle um in this game and then kareem hunt you know it's great that you have a running back that can step in for nick chubb and take the majority of the load but i do think that did impact kareem as well because him and nick chubb have been splitting carries in yes. the game so like, yes very generously too. like they could yeah. spread it out and it it was a great tandem and keeping them fresh right yeah, yeah. um so i would say you know where where the from an offensive standpoint that has been our strength it, it was good, but it wasn't like what we were used to. And we still found a way to come through with a victory, which I think says a lot about this team again. Someone just commented, yeah. Teller can have both my legs. <laughs> and I agree. Like, we have many organs and body parts we would be willing to give up for this team. That's true. I just like, I was, I was so heartbroken when he went out. And then um, one of the, I think it was Dan Lobby was tweeting, was the person I had seen, the first tweet that I had seen that Teller was back. And I will give someone credit. I forget who, but someone tweeted at me that it may have been a good thing that Teller didn't go back in the game. Cause you know, he wanted to go oh, back in sure. he his helmet. He was so ready to go. Yeah. And then someone was like, well, it might be a good thing that he didn't go back in because if he did, he would have gone, you know, 110% probably would have made his injury mm -hmm. worse. Sure. So, you know, leave him out of the game, let him heal up. I think I saw today that he's week to week, which is still yeah. like not, Bummer. not awesome. But I think that like that one tweet kind of like helped me calm down a little bit. I was like, yeah, if, if our offensive line can step up and Chris Hubbard did okay, not great at right guard when he stepped in. But I'm like, well, whatever it takes to get Wyatt Teller healthy, man, because he is just, this is his year, man. Did it's you the one, it's the one thing John Dorsey did that I'll always be like, yeah. 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 Did, that. <laughs> did you guys happen to see his mic'd up Wyatt Teller? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, I literally was like, oh my gosh, like what a darling he is. I know. That made me so happy. Again, we get so excited about the weirdest things. <laughs> I mean, I can't help it. I cannot help it. I, I, yeah, I have to say, like the Browns, social media, they do a great job putting yes. out consistent content, like weekly, especially after wins, to continue to get you excited, to get to know some players on a more intimate level. Mm -hmm. Um, like they're doing a great job, like keeping all of us engaged and just. I don't, just falling in love like this is like indians make note of this i don't know well i will say this i've worked in i mean you guys know i've worked in a lot of markets i think the browns social media team is easily one of the best across all of the major leagues and all the teams they're so good because even when the browns weren't winning you remember what was it the office intro and that was the one yes. with miles mm -hmm. garrett shredding yeah the oh, picture of so ben like Love How it. awesome was that? Like they were still putting out really awesome content even when the Browns were losing. Oh, like, it was so good. Their photographer, 
Yes. Like, do you follow him on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Your I photographer feel is yeah. amazing. So like, good. I'm obsessed with whoever. I think his name's Matt. Matt Starkey, I think. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. The the pics that he takes, oh my gosh, like, so beautiful. Everyone needs to follow, I, I think it's Matt Starkey. Yeah, because so wow. amazing. The job that they do, the, all the applause. Yes. All right. So we're going to get into Baker, you guys. Woo. We Our favorite this, subject. <laughs> we, t- we did title this A Tale of Two Bakers uh, because Baker is a great first half quarterback, or he has been. Um, he has struggled in the second half, and yesterday's game was no different. Um, so total game, he was 21 for 37, 247 yards. He had two touchdowns, but two picks. Uh, first half Baker versus second half Baker. This is a thing. So in the first half yesterday, Baker was 19 for 28, 228 yards, two touchdowns. Um, really, really nice, solid QB rating at 116. Second half, he went two for nine and threw the two interceptions. He had a final rating of 72.9. Um, I went back and looked at his stats in the previous games. I just kind of threw out Baltimore because he didn't have a great game the entire time. Mm -hmm. But even in the dominating win against Dallas, where we were leading almost the entire game and he had a really stellar first half again, like that, those third and fourth quarters, man, he just drops off. And I think this can obviously be a little bit of of a lot of things (laughs) where it could be play calling, um, going more to the run because you have a lead. So you're trying to take time off the clock being a little bit more conservative in the play calling, but for whatever reason, we get into this drought, this like third quarter stallmate. Mm-hmm. And you know what it reminds me of, you guys? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Like not like <laughs> this past year Cleveland Cavs, but like the LeBron 2015 to yes. 2018 Cavs yeah. where we would just like hit the third quarter and it would just be like the worst basketball you've ever seen being played. Yes, it's unexplainable. The on the team unexplainable and that happened like religiously where you just knew that the Cavs were going to play three quarters and that's it and there's no reason for it that's just what they did yes so Baker did say in the post-game presser this was one of the worst games he had so he still acknowledged that this was not a great game from him but also we like the Browns still won so like let's just like take that into account as well even with him not playing his best in the second half they still put out a victory Mm -hmm. but I wanted to ask you guys a question how does Baker and the Browns get over the slump? And if the game comes down to the wire fourth quarter where we need to win, say we're, we're behind, which hasn't happened, um, but the ball's in Baker's hands. Do you trust him? Like, is he able to make a play like a Russell Wilson that you saw last night on Sunday night football or a Drew Brees or I mean, Lamar Jackson, like, can he do it? Do you trust him? You know who I do trust if the game is down to the wire? Cody Parkey. I feel We are making Cody Parkey a thing. It's a whole it's a movement. Hashtag perfect parkey. <laughs> oh, you and Damon. I mean, you guys are gonna have to stop. Like just don't jinx him. <laughs> Okay, so, but in all seriousness, I, I mean, I was, like, I was so excited for Cody Parkey yesterday. I have, like, a, I'm, like, a weird stand for him, but, um, but in all seriousness with Baker, I don't, 
see him making like the Russell Wilson like plays, but I think if the game is down to the wire, I do trust him because I trust Kevin Stefanski, excuse me, Kevin Stefanski to call the right play, you know, and I, I think it will come down to Baker kind of uh, trusting his reads and not panicking, but you know, some of his throws were a little inaccurate. They were a little on the high side. So I think he was just a little jittery. Um, you know, if he needs to calm down a little bit and work on his accuracy, but yeah, I mean, I think if the game is down to the wire, it's, I trust Kevin Stefanski to call the right play. Yeah. Also, I just got a text that said, how much did the three drops by Brown's wide receivers impact mm-hmm. Baker in the second half yesterday? Yeah, yeah. that could have really... Those were first thing, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, one thing that I think we don't consider enough when it comes to Baker is that he's probably a lot harder on himself than we know. Um, and I think, again, last year was very harmful to his development it kind of like shook him to his core to maybe for the first time in his life, he might have actually doubted his talent or whether he belonged there. Um, I think this is, you know, he's just a normal human being. And when somebody goes through something like that, where, you know, everyone's praising you and everyone loves you. And then you hit this wall and you don't really know there's no, there was nobody there to help him through it. Like that's, you had Freddie kitchens who was going to, who's going to be that person that he goes to, and his buddies in the quarterback room. Right. Like his he can't, yes. Um, so I think right now, would I trust him? Probably not. Um, but I think we're seeing him game by game get his confidence back. Um, and he sounded yesterday after the game, he sounded so mature. And he he admitted, you know, this is probably the worst game I've had this year so far. And they won, but like he still said that I could have done a lot better. And you know, my team needs me to do better. Um, and I wrote down in here about, you know, the Baker discussion. I said, it's interesting because the narrative on Baker Mayfield changes game by game. So it started, you know, against Baltimore when everyone was like tank for Trevor hashtag, whatever it was for just fail for fields. Like that was a thing. And then, you know, after Cincinnati, he was okay. Not great. He still has a lot to work on, not seeing his receivers, whatever, and then it went into uh, Washington, like, hey, they can win despite him, but it would be nice if they could win because of him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, last week, uh, he's, this was my favorite. And honest to God, if I, I tweeted this yesterday, if I have to hear this <laughs> one more time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow. So he's becoming a decent game manager, not quarterback, <laughs> just a, a decent game manager. And I think a lot of the reason why that drives me so crazy is because most of the people who say it don't actually know what it means. They just say it because they saw someone smarter say it. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. That'll make me sound, that'll make me sound good. So I'm going to repeat it. Um, so, you know, every game, it's game by game with Baker, the, the opinion on him, the judgments on, they change every single game, which is, it's wild, but it's, it's part of the process because he does have it. It's a learning experience for him. He's treating it like one and we're seeing him get a little bit better each week, I think. I do yeah. have a little bit of a theory on that, Brittany. I think one of the reasons people keep moving the goalposts on Baker being a good quarterback is because, you know, he had all this hype coming in and then his first game in the NFL against the Jets, 
like we won the victory fridges were opened it was a huge celebration it was a thursday night game on national tv it was like this huge thing so everyone's like oh my god he's the next coming of patrick mahomes and it was just this whole celebration around baker and then you know last year it was an awful year for for so many reasons and I think a lot of people, are, I, th I think people get embarrassed when they're wrong and they shouldn't be because this is one of those things where it's like, okay, if you're wrong, you learn and move on. But I think people were just embarrassed by the fact that they were so wrong about Baker Mayfield. But now that they're kind of realizing that maybe their initial takes were correct, he just needed, you know, the right staff, the right mm -hmm. weapons around him to really thrive. Well, now they're trying to move those goalposts so they don't get burned again and saying, well, Baker's a terrible quarterback. You know, he's going to be one and done in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. All of those terrible takes they had on him last year, they don't want to get caught up with egg on their face again. Sure. So now they're trying to move the goalposts to, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, if you, if you change the truth just a little bit every single time, people aren't going to remember how wrong you were because you're yeah. just kind of like you're and shifting I it. I think what we're seeing now, and you could tell just by the way he he talks and he addresses things afterwards, we're seeing a culture change from the top that is contagious to these players. Yeah. So, you know, whereas last year Baker might have ran his mouth a little bit or said some things off, you know, that he probably shouldn't have, that was fine because, you know, you had <laughs> idiot and who's going to, who's going to like hold him accountable for that? Not him. Yeah. Um, but now you have people in charge that they can respect. And it seems like this, you know, when Kevin Stefanski talked about being a, a servant leader, it looks like he really meant that. Yeah. He's there for the players. He's there to help them develop. You know, and I, I think what we're seeing now is they're all sort of like they're getting it, you know, and I think that's yeah. a, a big reason for the changes that we're seeing now. Yeah, we touched on this a little bit last week, too. But like Freddie Kitchen said all the right things. He said what you wanted a coach to say. He was louder. He was he was outgoing. You know, he he could rile up the fans like he knew how to kind of tap into the fan base's emotion. Kevin Stefanski is a silent leader in a sense. And I think when you have silent leaders, people question if they're really leaders at all. But you don't mm -hmm. have to be a loud leader to be a good leader. Yes. And there are a lot of people that they only look at like someone that has this huge, large personality as being a strong leader. But that's not the case. And I think Kevin Stefanski doesn't have that ego. And I think the players are clearly bought in. I mean, we've talked about this. How many players have stepped in to positions and spots that they may not have been ready for necessarily but they've been thrown in there because of injury mm -hmm. and they've all performed and that that goes to show you it's the coaching and the staff like and the players being bought into the system yes absolutely. um going back to baker i did um see something from jake burns today that i wanted to um bring up and this really is again coaching baker I know that, you know, we're a little bit questionable. Like, can Baker pull this off in the fourth quarter? Because um, as a reminder, Baker's rating by quarter is, it's not great when you look at it on paper. First quarter, 77.3. Second quarter, 91.5. Third quarter, 51.9. And the fourth quarter, a 7.4. Um, so Jake Burns put out a tweet today. The Browns have pulled off a four-minute drive for points before the half in three straight weeks. Scoring with seven seconds, five seconds, and 32 seconds left in each after decades of watching opposite sidelines pull it off. And to me, like that one was like, wow, mm -hmm. it's so true. 
the game managing the two minute offense, like being able to put points on before halftime has been huge for this team. And this is something that we have never been able to do. Yes. Whew. All right. So <laughs> that, that got know. real hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't get much. She's like going like this with a sweatshirt. She's like, oh, we're doing another I mean, the heat is radiating off. <laughs> okay, so uh, to me now, we're going to talk about the defense outside of Miles. Um, so the defense, you know, the secondary continues to struggle a bit. However, they are making plays when plays are needed to be made. And I'm going to start with Miles Garrett. Game wrecker, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Again. Yeah. The amount of QB pressures, the, the fact that the quarterback has to think about where Miles Garrett is on every single play is yes. huge. He, yes. he was 100% the reason the Browns got a safety. And Meredith, I love what you tweeted yesterday. The Browns are CEOs of accidentally getting two points. <laughs> I read that out loud because it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, that's two weeks in a row that they accidentally got two points. Yeah. So great. Uh, you know, you had Ronnie Harrison step up, which I wanted to see more of. It felt like we were finally getting to having more Ronnie Harrison with the pick six, and then he got a concussion. So, like, that got, like, why? Like, why can't we just have nice things on defense? Like, we have Miles Garrett, and everyone else gets hurt, except Cindy Hill. Who is yeah, still out? Why? Why is he not? He's like the healthiest person. He's like the bionic man out there. He could like if a if a semi ran him over, he'd just walk away. It's fine. And it, like you don't, I don't ever wish anyone to get hurt, but like if someone had to, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know why? It's because like no nobody's targeting him. So I don't know if you guys ever watched real world road rules challenge on mtv i'm obsessed it's still on it's just called the challenge now but there's always this tactic that teams had in keeping the weakest person on the other team on like they would never vote a weak person from the other team into elimination because they want that weak person on the team because it helps them week to week and i feel like that's how teams are looking at sendejo is like well we're not gonna you know, we're not going to go hard against Sendejo. We no, want to keep him in the game. he's our best player. He's an asset the other team. to every offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I heard from someone that was at the game yesterday saying that because there's obviously not that many fans in attendance, you you could hear Philip Rivers, like, pointing out where Sendejo was on the field. Oh, my God. Which, like, no. blatantly, oh, like, yeah. yeah. And, like... If you guys watched the Steelers game yesterday against the Eagles, which the Eagles are such a banged up team, mm -hmm. the Steelers were able to exploit their defense pretty easily. I just imagine Ben Roethlisberger, like it doesn't even like whoever Sandejo is covering, like just throw it to them, like throw it anywhere in that vicinity and they will make, they will make a play. Like I, he's bad. And it is actually at this point, everyone can just schedule their tweets about Sendejo in the first quarter, <laughs> second quarter of the game, because like my timeline just gets filled and I feel bad for him because he probably wasn't expected to have this much of an impact or lack thereof on this team. Like he no. probably was a, he was a body, right? I think they anticipated Delpit being like this guy. They, that's exactly, I think, you know, yeah. Kevin Stefanski was probably like, Oh yeah, this, cause you know, I came from Minnesota like, oh, this guy, you know, we can just sign him there to have oh, an extra body there. And then, like, all of a sudden he comes here and everything goes wrong. And now he ha he's, like, the focal point of everything. And, he like, poor dude probably just wanted to come here and collect a paycheck and, like, you know, hang out. 
And now, like, everyone hates him because he got thrown into this situation. But, I mean, you know. Okay, so the fans hate him. Do you, yeah. like, how, how does the locker room view him? Like, oh, you know sure. what I mean? Because, like, we, we see one thing, obviously, and it's not, it's not great with what mm -hmm. we're seeing. But I find myself rooting for him in the game to, like, make a play. Like, I don't know, sure. like strip sack or not a strip sack a fumble like strip strip a guy i mean he did that last week with zeke you know he, yeah. he did like punch the ball out it's like go make a play but half the time i'm like worried he's gonna actually injure one of our own players so like because he just like if you watch him he just like runs like oh like it's, it's fun to watch him a chicken with his head cut off that's like what my grandma always used to say growing up he is aggressive out there. Just he, he, he should is he on special teams? Because he should be. Just running around <laughs> reckless abandon. He doesn't care. But like, you know, a, he's a liability at this point. <laughs> oh yeah. And she says I'm a mom. I am a mom. Probably because my kids are like, this is how they play soccer. They they just they like make no impact on their team whatsoever. But they're also four and six. So uh, Sandejo doesn't have any excuses. So yeah, I I hope we see more of Redwine because he came in and on his mm -hmm. it was his first snap and he he had an interception. Beautiful. So maybe he will get more snaps. I hope Ronnie Harrison can get out of concussion protocol, especially against the Steelers' offense because if Ben Roethlisberger just pinpoints Sandejo, it's going to be a long Sunday. Yeah, so it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, it, this is this week is going to be interesting. Because every week we're saying, and I and I'm sure we'll we'll get into this later, or I think we might be doing a preview pod for the Steelers later. But you know, every week it's like, oh well, this week is the true test for the Browns. They yeah. win. Oh no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Next week, next week is the true test for the Browns. And then the Browns win. Oh no, no, no. Next week. And it's, so I feel it's like that's the whole season. Yeah. yeah but, delay the real the actual test. These are oh, this is just, you know, this I know doesn't mean anything. Ever, Remember in week two when I was joking around about how the Browns were going to pull a Ravens from last year where they just get trounced in the first game and then don't lose a game for the rest of yeah. the season? Yeah, like, three. <laughs> that, could, that could be it. But I mean, Steelers are 4-0, although they did get a an unexpected bye week because, you know, Tennessee can't stop breaking protocols. But yeah, Steelers are 4-0, Steelers are so... And I, and I hate to say this, but it, it is going to be a test for the Browns. But the Steelers you know, almost I think... lost to Philadelphia yesterday. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, so Meredith, this is a great segue into the, the next topic, which is, are the Browns legitimately a legitimate football team? Because exactly what you're saying, people are still questioning this win against the Colts, against a really strong defense. And as soon as the Browns, so so the, the week leading up to the Colts game, it was all about, well, this is the Browns' true test, just like you were saying. They're going to play a legitimate defense. They have a great run, um, a great run defense. They're, they're the number one in the league, blah, 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 blah. As soon as they beat the Colts last night, it immediately changed to, well, who have the Colts played? It, it, was, it was immediately like, well, look at their schedule. Mm -hmm. like, here, here are the teams that they have played. This never seems to be a topic of conversation when it comes to other NFL teams. And I'm looking at directly at the Steelers because they've played a bunch of garbage. <laughs> they have played garbage. Yeah. I mean, they played backup quarterbacks. They played a beat up Philadelphia team. Um, and then the freaking Giants. Like, <laughs> and then they got a bye week. So the Steelers, to me, are very beatable. And we are going to have a preview show this week. We are confirmed. We have a, a big guest to announce um, later in the show. Uh, but I'm just going to put this out there. According to ESPN, 
the Browns now have a 76.8% chance of making the playoffs. I feel like I should whisper this. That's <laughs> I know. Don't say it too um, loud. I, my table is wooden. Um, the Browns figuratively could go six and five for the rest of the season and probably still have a pretty good chance of making a wild card spot. Isn't it funny how we have went from losing the first game, blowout loss to the Ravens, to people hoping after that game that we would just get to eight and eight, right? People were like, yeah, if we can just make it to eight and eight, we'd be happy. To now being like, well, even if we make the playoffs, we're probably going to lose. Like (laughs) five games, five games. Here's the thing. If the Browns make the playoffs, I, I honestly don't, don't care if they lose the very first game. I think it'll just be an exciting, exciting thing to have gotten there, especially with just everything that the team has gone through in the last 20 years. Like that's one of those things that, you know, it, it would be first year head coach getting, getting the team to, to the playoffs. Like that would be something in it of itself Mm -hmm. to celebrate. So I would, I really, really hope that, you know, People aren't, you know, marching down East 9th Street with like pitchforks and torches if the Browns make it to the playoffs and then get knocked out in a wild card game. Brady, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you now look at every single game, every single matchup opponent that the Browns face and you think the Browns can win this game? This is, it's funny you say that because I'm looking at their schedule right now. Yeah. Because the point I was going to make, you know, we were talking about how the goalposts are always moved as far as like judging the Browns talent, how good they are, whatever, you know, they said what they had other than the Ravens Bengals, the football team. <laughs> <laughs> I almost called them that again. And I had to stop myself. So the football team Cowboys, which I mean, hello Colts again, <laughs> but then, okay. Steelers. If they decide if whoever the powers that be decide that the Steelers aren't really that good now, and they're going to use this as, you know, well, it's just the Steelers. After that, we have the Bengals, Raiders, Texans, who are now going to be better now that uh, that idiot's gone. Eagles, Jaguars, Titans. Then you have the Ravens. Then you have Giants, Jets, and Steelers again. At what point, which one of these games is the one that they have to win for people to take them seriously? I don't know what it is. Yeah, everyone's I, saying now it's Sunday. Now it's the Steelers. Yeah, if, it, uh, if that's going to change too. If they don't, right. then, you know, they're going to be like, well, the Steelers haven't played anyone. And, you know, rightfully, the Steelers really haven't. Um, but after that, man, I don't know what happened. Like the Texans, I guess. Would that yeah, be they it? just won their first game. Yeah, yeah I think the Raiders yeah. have been pretty good. The Raiders have been terrible, but they won oh, yesterday. Okay. Okay. Actually, that could actually be a matchup in terms of a potential playoff implication game yeah technically yeah i mean just looking at this and we make jokes about how you know all season long it's going to be like this but it really might be like this all season long where they're just constantly moved like oh well this team didn't do this this team so i don't know man i mean i'm sold obviously i'm sold. well i was sold last week although what's interesting is that i feel like this is probably the first time that i've heard the strength of schedule argument this heavy when talking about an NFL team, usually you hear that in like college football because, you know, Ohio state will be ranked first in the AP polls, but mm-hmm. who have they played? They played Bowling Green, Austin P and like 
a damaged Wisconsin or something like that. Oh, Ohio State's number one. They're undefeated. It's like, well, they they played all of their like pay for play games, you know? Yeah. So that's the only time that I've really ever heard strength of schedule being a huge discussion point. And then all of a sudden, you know, in NFL, oh, it's strength of schedule. And it's, <laughs> it, and it's like, well, you know, the difference is the colleges have more uh leeway with who they choose to play mm. it's not the browns choosing their opponents it's the nfl making the schedule so yeah i think one factor that we obviously cannot predict or have any idea what's going to happen down the line but the injuries are stacking up for us and i'm sure that this is the case amongst a lot of nfl teams mm-hmm. but i i obviously only know what we are dealing with week over week in each mat- matchup but i do think that is like one of the biggest concerns obviously we know Nick Chubb is going to be out um, for at least five more weeks. Um, Wyatt Teller is a big one that will need to be monitored um, with his calf week to week. Uh, Baker Mayfield will, he seems to say that he's going to play on Sunday, but again, the ribs is his situation. And then from a defensive perspective, a place that we already feel very thin on uh, Ronnie Harrison and concussion protocol. The D line is getting beat up. We have guys dropping like flies in the game. And then greedy just went on IR today, which I wasn't really anticipating having greedy anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the defense, again, we have figured out a way to win, even though we are giving up a lot of points and have one of the worst pass defenses in the game. So again, even more important for the offense to keep things cooking. Yes. Yeah. They have to, they have to score big a lot. Yeah. And we can yeah, and play four quarters. Play four quarters. <laughs> okay. So we have a new reoccurring segment. And it's called We Stan Stefanski. Because um, if these first five weeks have taught you nothing, you're not paying attention because coaching matters. Um, from an offensive perspective, it appears it appears to me that Coach Stefanski is featuring specific skill players each game. So last week, obviously, Odell had just a standout game. And then this week it seemed like right off the bat it was it was gonna be a Jarvis Landry spotlight game. Um, do you guys think this is a real thing? And if it is, do we love it or do we hate it? I don't know if it's, I don't, I, w- I don't know if I would say it's intentional. Um, but one thing that I really like that we've been seeing is that he really, he genuinely seems to treat every single game like a learning experience and he's not afraid to try things. Yeah. Um, which I mean, just, Again, smart people doing smart things. And another thing that I want to bring up, I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, obviously, you know, after game one, everyone was super hard on him thinking he was just Freddie 2.0 and this is going to go terribly. A lot of fans have seemed to turn a corner on him. And I think that had a lot to do with the first half of last week's game. Yes. Um, And then even today, you know, he he said in his presser, they said, well, how's victory Monday feel? And he's like, oh, it's just a Monday. Like, we've got to get back to work. I mean, we have an adult running the show, ladies and gentlemen. We have a grown ass man in charge. Feels good. He doesn't get he doesn't get too high or too low, which I think is so important. As a like, that's probably one of the most underrated things about a coach. You, you can't have someone that that gets too high or too low, and he just seems so even keeled all the time and professional. And let's get to work. Let's. He never, you, you see him on the sidelines. He never looks worked up or yeah. even happy. Like he's just there doing a job. And my God, what, how refreshing is that? <laughs> oh. 
Well, to your point, I know I love it, but to your point about featuring different skill players every week, I think it's, I, I almost feel like it might be intentional. Like people were not necessarily expecting, I think, well, let me, let me go back. I think people were expecting Kevin Stefanski to try to put the ball into Odell Beckham Jr.'s hands early on, which is why you were seeing a lot of the run game in the first, you know, few games. Baker was looking for Odell, but he wasn't always open. Odell was always getting double teamed. And then the week that people are like, okay, well, I guess they're not really going to use Odell Beckham Jr. that much. He might be washed, blah, blah, blah. Stefanski goes, all right, this is the week. Odell Beckham Jr. gets, you know, as many balls as he wants. And now everyone's expecting, okay, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be getting the ball again. Oh, no. Well, we have a second wide receiver who is just as good. That's amazing. Jarvis Landry. I mean, can we be any luckier? Having both of them on the team at the same time. I can't stress that enough. Yesterday I I, I said that. I was like, you know, we've been through a lot of shit as Browns fans, but we're living in an era where we have wide receiver one, wide receiver two as OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Like, how lucky are we? We are blessed. Yeah, and we have a coach that knows how to utilize both of them yes, and learns if he if he sees something that, that doesn't work or he wants to try things differently or you know go a little bit you know uh, think outside the box like he just does it he has that trust and his confidence in his players and wow i'm just blown away speaking of outside the box how exciting was it to see that bananas play work two weeks in a row oh yeah uh-huh. so after hooper I know it was so funny because like because after the game, Jarvis was asked uh, whether or not he was expect like why didn't OBJ throw you the ball and he goes I asked him the same thing. I know, I didn't hear that. <laughs> which I thought was funny, but it was probably just you know it was just a situation of Jarvis not being open. But I just I know it was funny because we were because we were on the broadcast and like me and my producer were like looking at each other the minute Baker handed the ball to OBJ to like chuck it down the field we just like we were looking at each other and our jaws were on the floor and we're like oh my god i can't believe he's calling this game again or this play again and then hooper catches it and we're just like we were screaming in studio we were so excited it was just like it was it was so great love it so you all know i worked with a lot of i work with a lot of Steelers fans right like Mm -hmm. i've talked about this before so i was getting mocked after week one like literally after the fake fake punt i believe i got a variety of text messages not happy and then after the last few weeks like i'm getting you know kind of these like passive aggressive text messages that are like you know you can't like just always run these trick plays it's not going to work and mm-hmm. i'm sitting here like dude these aren't trick plays this is just this is just the playbook like <laughs> you're jealous about that but that's just like the playbook it's not a trick play it's a kevin stefanski offense yeah sorry we have great athletes that can do a variety of things like, yeah, like sorry so that, like that made I, me I wonder how feel a little good that like i do think steelers fans are like legitimately nervous for the first time in a very long time oh they're nervous they're scared okay there's I wonder scary. how uh, I wonder how OBJ's lat feels today. I know if he had the same issue <laughs> as Jarvis. Uh, but listen, like we're we're heading into the to the Steelers week. There there's implications. Obviously, we're four and one. They're four and zero. Like the big difference is, I have full faith in the staff to put together a game plan, regardless mm-hmm. of what the matchup is, regardless of what weapons we are facing it always feels like there's a chance like to win the game. And in the past, 
you know, coaching could very well be a reason that we lose the game or lose the entire season. I can't take credit for this, but I heard someone say, I think it was one of our callers on our post game show last night. Uh, they said, uh, Kevin Stefanski is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. That's just and, me yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this often already, like, again, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I don't, I don't think this is the extent of what this Kevin Stefanski playbook is. Like we no. are just getting into it. Right. Because again, if you treat every single game, like it's a, a learning experience, if you, if you, you know, the, the possibilities are endless guys like imagine <laughs> like how much you learn words. <laughs> i can't because i'm so excited at the thought like somebody actually he's taking the time to take this all in you know he's gonna look at the tape <laughs> oh, he's driving the bus he's driving the bus he's driving the bus to tape town he's gonna watch it he's gonna learn stuff smart guys smart things I'm just gonna. I'm just now gonna talk in like sound bites. <laughs> Something you claimed he did, but I don't think he actually did. By the way, he never landed <laughs> in Tape Town. He never watched the tape. I think he was just watching Game of Thrones every week. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, it just um, feels really, It just feels really good to. to be able to be on the other side of exploiting the other team's weakness. That's all because yes. it always feels like we are the ones exploited and now we get to exploit other people legally. We love exploiting. <laughs> <laughs> exploitation. Oh, my God. oh man. All right. So we have just our final reoccurring segment, which God, I just want this one to go away. Honestly, it's getting annoying even to me. Right. The annoying things on Brown's Twitter. Uh, it's still out there, unfortunately. Every week. Uh, the number one thing for me this week is men on the internet that can't wait for me to screw up a tweet. <laughs> so I, I tweeted last night about dropping 32 points on the number one ranked defense. Literally, it was like, no lie, like 20 seconds after I tweeted that where I had people, but the pick six wasn't, a, wasn't the offense that scored against the defense. I was like, no shit. <laughs> I had people coming wait. I can't. I, I think they have our me. tweets. Like they have like notifications for when we tweet, just so they could like. Oh yeah, they have to try to bully us out of saying anything. Well, actually, did you watch the game? You want to hear a joke? Yes. Where do uh, Dales get their water from? Where? From a well, actually. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> mom joke mom yes. got jokes. i like that well actually they're like you know what brie let me explain to you what a defense is <laughs> do you even know what a safety is have you do you like do you even know what a first down is no. like do you understand how how downs work no and by the way this was a Colts fan but i was annoyed of but course. i also did have browns fans like jumping in to be like well actually eight points scored <laughs> with the defense <laughs> so i read them in my mind by the way <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to definitely do like the dale mail segment where uh we read the uh browns tweets out loud i still like i still want um the dales when they're really really upset i want them to hand write their their hate 
in a letter, use the U.S. Postal Service and send it to the P.O. Box. Because we do have a P.O. Box for all the hate mail. Yes, we you want just, hate mail. Send it to us. Just don't I just imagine anthrax or anything. No, I just imagine yeah, them like right. cutting out like a ransom letter. Like they're gonna cut out different like fonts from newspapers. That's what the letters <laughs> like. <laughs> they have so much time on their hands. Oh, like, they have too much time like, on their hands. Nobody has more time on their hands on the internet than angry men. I swear. Listen, I want you all to address me by my new name now, which is Queen of the Incels. Because these <laughs> people... Like, okay, so I didn't really have a problem with Brown's Twitter yesterday. Um, but I I discovered this new faction of Twitter oh, no. that, like, I posted pictures of me and my boyfriend at a wedding. Yes. Oh. <gasps> I was not expecting such horrendous responses. It was it was shocking even to me. And nothing really shocks me anymore. But, you know, you sit there and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a cute little photo. Some cute photos of us dressed up. Woo, good time. Not a good time. It was not a good time, ladies. <laughs> I, I can't believe that that got such an almost violent reaction. And then people pasting my face onto these weird things and yeah, I, like, what is happening the, oh there see, was a like, worse this, one this makes me like very hesitant to post pictures and videos of my kids because like i see them tearing you down to your face they don't care they they don't care they have there's no there's no bottom with these people there is no rock bottom so gross. they live yeah, there so, so my my theory with that is first off they lead very unhappy lives to yeah. start with because people who are who are happy in their own life and satisfied with their time on this planet don't tweet hate at other people on the internet no. first off yeah so that's the one thing is that they're all miserable in some way shape or form and they want to take it out on someone and so they see this like these gorgeous women that talk about sports and they say no sports is our space so then they want to come at you and then not only when you guys are right, it makes them angry. And then when they see you happy, it makes them even angrier. And I think that's why your your tweet with your boyfriend got so much hate is because they were just so upset at how happy you are. That's and they just can't stand seeing you happy. And so they just had to like- Imagine investing out. like yourself into a stranger on the internet's life that much. Oh, like I have people God. that live, they have accounts just to tweet terrible things to me. They create a, a whole ass account just to terrorize me on the internet. This yeah, is that's... a real thing that people do. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I am queen of the incels now. I was <laughs> most disappointed. You can, me, you can call me by my other name, which we'll get into in a little bit. Oh boy. Yes. I was most disappointed, Brittany, that they were like paying more attention to his hand on your butt than Danny's J's with his suit. I mean, because oh, that, that, like, that, that deserved a zoom in. Okay. So, like, you guys got to shift your priorities. It's <laughs> the feet. They, they would not stop making fun of it. And you know what? His, his, those shoes cost more than everything I had on. <laughs> he, he didn't even care if I was in the photo with him. He was just like, no, you just have to get a picture of me and my shoes. You're like, nice, cool. 
let me grab that <laughs> that's fine but like i'm this is about me and my shoes and he's like get the full body shot yeah body shot and he looks great oh he's I, he's in the comments <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah i haven't gotten an unboxing snapchat for from for his shoes in a while oh i need to Those add are- him on that yeah, those are always fun snaps. Even though I don't know anything about sne- sneakers, I I love those unboxing you snaps. See his closet. I saw it for the first time. There's like 50 boxes up there, and he's like, "Pick a box. I'll show you." So we stood up there for like <laughs> minutes. He was just showing me his shoes. A like, man after right. my own heart. I love, I love it. One. And you bring him out, and he tell a little story about him. Then he put it back up. He's like, let me tell you a story about this one. I'm like, oh, Danny, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh man. Um. So the only other thing that I put on here, and then Meredith, I believe you added one as well. I just yeah. put the most annoying thing was everything. <laughs> I'm clearly <laughs> in like not a great headspace writing this, but I just want to remind the Browns fans that are still being pessimistic, just enjoy the ride because I wrote down something that will make you very, very sad. So let's take a trip down to memory lane. <sighs> you guys ready? Last year at this time, we were coming off of the embarrassing three and 30 loss to San Francisco on Monday night football. We would then go on to lose to Seattle. Do you guys remember when Freddie Kitchens gave the ball back to Russell Wilson before halftime and they scored? Mm-hmm. We then went on to New England. That was a shovel pass game. If you guys recall that. Oh God. Yes. And then the Broncos, who we lost to the backup. Wait, he was third. Was he third string quarterback? Oh, God. I, I, I don't remember. Backup or third string quarterback. We had a two and six record. So, guys. Can you be happy with four and one? Because like, just, just remember that string of sadness that we were living in last year. <sighs> this is so much better. So much better. Last year was rough. Even with the Baker Mayfield 7.4 quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. We're winning. <laughs> that is so, but you know what? When, okay, it was the first game this season. They did like a little snapshot of Baker's stats from last year. Guys, I did not realize how, just how bad he was last year. So, like, looking at where we're at now, like we talked about, a little bit better each game. And that's how you build your confidence back. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays a huge part in Baker's development, getting his confidence back, because that that was a hit to him last year. Don't forget, Brady, it's all OBJ's fault last year. Like, that's well, yeah. why Baker was there. Uh, like, nobody's OBJ's brought that fault. up again. Oh, <laughs> All right, Meredith, take us home with this segment. Yeah. So the last thing that I saw that was annoying things on Brown's Twitter, and we joked about this a few episodes ago, and I think it it was a funny thing to do once, but I think it's something that we need to put to bed. And it is the, imagine if we had Kevin Stefanski last year, because we know he was runner up to Freddie Kitchens. And here's the thing. We know exactly what would happen if we had Kevin Stefanski last year. John Dorsey would have taken over. And Kevin Stefanski, since he has no ego, wants to be a team player and just has this vision, would get completely bulldozed by John Dorsey. John Dorsey would get him good quality players, but probably not the players that he wanted for his vision. It would have been a disaster. And then everyone would be calling to fire Kevin Stefanski. Like, that's what would happen if we had Kevin Stefanski last year. So I think that we need to put the whole, well, what if we had him last year? I think that just... Freddie Kitchens was our last crazy ex before we met our our spouse. That's right. Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski is our spouse. I think we need to just enjoy enjoy the marriage. Yeah, you absolutely could not have had John Dorsey with Kevin Stefanski. That would not have worked. 
No, not. Yes. <laughs> we needed uh, our King Andrew Barry here too. That's right. AB. Uh, so a couple of fun facts here. The Browns are the number fifth ranked team in the N. Whoa, what's happening in the NFL? According to ESPN's efficiency wow. rating. Efficient. Wow. So the uh, guys remember we, we know all about efficiency in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the offense ranks number four and the defense currently ranks number nine. So as much as we want to be mad at Sandejo overall, Miles Garrett's taking care of business for us and getting us to number nine. Hopefully the, these stats continue to go up for us and, and we'll start, we'll, st- we'll stop getting the, the doubt. All right. So we're going to wrap up the show with a couple of announcements. Um, so just a few reminders here. We have been playing fantasy football every Sunday on DraftKings. We're doing a really fun contest that we set up that is um it's called a showdown which is the browns versus their opponent so you only pick players from the browns game and whoever they're playing our very own miss Brittany mollis won the fantasy matchup on sunday taking home a whopping 67 dollars uh so if you guys want in on a chance at the prize uh be sure to stay tuned on saturdays um send me your username and we will get you in um, I'm keeping it private so we don't have to deal with the public, like professional gamblers. Uh, the because the, yeah, yeah, like the algorithm people that like, I, I don't know how you have that much time on your hands, but we're keeping it private. So if you want in, shoot me a note on Twitter, DM me, shoot me your username. Unfortunately, to keep it private, I have to like nail the number of people. Um, so if I create the contest with 200 people and we only get 150 it won't go live so i have to be very strategic in setting this up so let me know let me know now if you want in so i can keep account and uh we'll figure things out Brittany, yeah. i have to ask you though when will you be debuting your fantasy football podcast listen first of all i want to thank god <laughs> for giving me the insight to take two kickers <laughs> you know what? my husband had two kickers too i was like Brittany, one with two kickers what are you doing i took no defense i took two kickers <laughs> that was clearly the magic the magic is it okay is it really weird that when i because i looked at i don't know why i was so curious with the standing so like the minute the game was over i looked at it and saw that Brittany had won is it strange that I was like really excited? Like I was so no. excited that Brittany won. I was so happy Listen, about it. I was like, because I texted her group chat. Yeah, because right. I texted the group chat. I was like, oh my God, Brittany. I was so excited. I meant to set it up so that we had three winners. So like the pot was split, but I, I clearly messed that up. So Brittany took home <laughs> all of it. So I will try. Well, and depending on how many people we get, I'll, I'll hopefully be able to have like a few more winners, even if it's just, you know, you get your dollar back or whatever. Yes, um, I love it. Um, it's a lot of fun though isn't the showdown mode fun where you only have is. like the player yeah, from like the two teams and then you have Love to pick it. your captain like their strategy i don't understand it yet i was really bad but you know one of these days yeah when i was making my team yesterday i was like what like why do i have to have a captain what does this mean and you know daniel's <laughs> like well it's 1.5 point whatever i was like all right so cream hunt you're captain boom yeah but they and- cost more also like it's it's yeah. such a puzzle yes it's tough but you know what i'm I'm blessed to be, I'm so smart guys that I can't, it just leaks out onto everything that I do. Um, and that yes. wasn't even the most impressive thing I did yesterday. P.S. So you know how I bet with my uncle every week. He's like, yeah. you know, bookie. So mm-hmm. guys, I only missed one game yesterday. 
It was Dallas and New York. Um, obviously, I know, tough, tough scene. Um, but I missed one game. If the Chargers, I need the Chargers to either win or lose by less than eight. And for the score to be, see, it's all so much math. I can't even, I hate math. <laughs> this is why I can't be a professional gambler. This among, you know, a few other reasons. <laughs> but I need it to be under 52. So there's a lot going into this. And if that happens, then guys, I'm, I'm, I'm loaded. Okay. <laughs> Rich AF. This may happen for you. The, the Saints so. aren't playing very well. I'm hoping so. Possibility. Uh, and then finally, I'm, we're sorry that we couldn't get to the preview game last week prior to the, the indie matchup. However, we will be recording a matchup Wednesday night confirmed uh, to preview Browns versus St- Steelers with the queen. Aditi Kinkwabala is going to join us from NFL mm-hmm. Network. Uh, we cannot wait to talk to her. We love her. Obviously, she has some great insight covering the AFC North um, as as well as the Steelers. So it'll be great to get her thoughts on what we're going to see. I know that I can't wait to ask her if my I already have a, be- I have a tear in my eye right now thinking about it. <laughs> I, like I, I DM'd her today and I was like, hey, you know, give her an intro and blah, blah. She responded. This is what she said. And honest, I might have it framed. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> she said... Hey, Mollus. Aditi called me Mollus. It's complete. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Wednesday, still waiting for her to confirm the time because I, I originally told her, you know, nine o'clock is when we record. And she said, okay, how about Wednesday? And I said, okay, 9 p.m. work for you. So I'm waiting for that. But I believe in Aditi. I believe she's going to come through. And I am so excited for that. I cannot stop smiling. Yeah, I know. It's going to be, that's going to be a good, a good one. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm excited. I, it, we'll we'll see where her loyalty lies. Right, she's got ties ties to both areas. Listen, yeah, I we think love I, her more than Pittsburgh ever. Could. I know, right? They treat her like just the three of us alone love her more. <laughs> than I'm I'm convinced she is a closet Browns For fan. Sure, she is. Oh, yeah. Because she, like, because that's another thing is that she's always at Brown's training camp every year. Even this year, she was out in Berea. Like she couldn't get into the building. So she was doing everything from the parking lot, but she was like on the Zooms and she was physically at Berea. So, I mean, I just think she's a Brown's fan. Yeah, we love to see a woman thriving too. Yes. Love her. Uh, All right. So yeah, you guys stay tuned. Um, Again, you can listen to us live each week. We'll be coming on hot mics to do these podcasts. These are fun. We love chatting with you guys throughout the entire show. If you are not listening or tuning in via hot mics, um, it's free. Check out the app. You can download it and you can use code BSAID to find us and follow us on there. Um, you'll get a notification when we go live so you can join right in. You will see us. We won't see you, but we can see you in the chat. Uh, and you can obviously always listen to us the next day on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Um, and we will talk to you guys in a couple of days for Yay. the Steelers preview. Also, don't forget, vote early and follow Grogan Klee and you yes. can win money and t-shirts that's All right you gotta do your your hashtag ggc votes early love it thank you guys for a wonderful show we'll talk to y'all soon 